guys. I am so excited about today's episode. Uh, welcome back to 30 Something with Sunny. Um, grateful that you're here. We have a guest on today who is sure to make you laugh. Guys, Amy Weatherly is a writer. I'm certain you've seen at least one of her pieces on Facebook because her stuff tends to go viral and it is hilarious. It's authentic. It's funny. It's relatable. And um, especially the moms out there, um, I know you're just going to love what she has to say. So a little bit of backstory. Um, Amy and I both, uh, we connected through a writer's page on Facebook. We've both written for the site Her View From Home. And um I started to see all of her stories like come across my feed on a fairly regular basis. And I was like, this girl, she's hilarious. She gets it. She's authentic. And she also comes from a real place of vulnerability in some of her writings, like all those moments where you felt like a little bit alone or left out as a mom or just as a woman, as a grown woman, she, she touches on so many topics that I feel like are so relatable and she's hysterical. Um, So, uh, yeah, great conversation with Amy today about motherhood, about fitting in, about, listening to that little voice in your head that tells you, hey, maybe it's time for a little change. Uh, We cover it all. And I also tell you how to follow her incredible writing. So I sure hope you enjoy this conversation. And just a little heads up, we get really real about (laughs) about some some things you deal with when you're a mom, some physical side effects of, of motherhood that are hysterical. But you know, I'm going to say it out there. We talk about boobs. If you've got kids in the car, if you have someone that you don't want to have this conversation in front of or listen to this conversation with, just a little bit of a heads up. No swearing, nothing out of the uh, nothing out of the ordinary, nothing that a mom wouldn't relate to, but I did want to put that out there. Um, all right. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it with Amy. Everybody enjoy Amy Weatherly. What happens? And then by the third, I was like, I'm done. Oh, I, ha- I have a friend who said to me, um, you're not going to believe this, but even bee stings can sag. And I was like, no, my my boobs will be fine, sister. And I was like, well, you know, five years later, my friend Amy was right. You know, it's sad, but true. But it's a worthy sacrifice, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like, it's just getting most, very much worth it. Most days, most I think days so. Very, very much worth it. I mean... So what? You have to pick your boobs up and stick them in a cup now? <laughs> That's right. So what? I'm carrying around little Ziploc bags full of pudding. You know? Right? I've got three I got three great children and that's what matters. Yes. I, it, it is the it is one of the them in a bra and get them really going in the right direction and Oh yeah. I mean, I I would people would say before, "Oh, you just tape them up." And I thought that was like a euphemism. I was like, "Oh, surely people don't really have to tape their boobs said the 20 something sunny and now I'm like oh no you really do sometimes you know you gotta just hike them up and slap it on there yeah it's god I mean like we having children just in general I did not realize I don't think people talk about a lot of the things it does to your body but I don't think they talk about everything no they don't but one of the many 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 humbling things about kids is the changes that your body goes through and I I agree I feel like the reason I started doing a lot of writing too was like well why didn't anyone report back to me that I would have you know saggy boobs forever dark under eye circles for the rest of my life I mean there's so much that I was like okay well you know if I have to be the one to go on record to talk about it then then let that be the case but you know what I mean don't you agree 
Oh my goodness. Yes. My hair started falling out. And I was like, what? And that happens like eight months after you have the kid. And I was like, what is going on here? God, I have paid my dues. Why <laughs> let me keep my hair? I know. Right. As if going through, um, puberty as a girl isn't enough and having those awkward body changes and you get to adulthood and you're like, this is great. You know, my boobs are here and, and my, my acne is gone. And then God's like, nope, You've got to have kids now, and we're going to take it all away. Uh, and I talk a lot about adult acne because I just, I have it. And it's what, like, how are you supposed to combat wrinkles, which are combated with moisture, right? And acne, which is typically combated with dryness. How are you supposed to do both of those things at the same time? Listen, I'm going to email you. There is a great product, hashtag not sponsored by Honest Beauty. <laughs> it's like a combination of retinol and salicylic acid. I'm like a total beauty junkie. Anyways, nice. I'm going to e- just- I'm gonna email you that. Because that is really good. I don't get the acne. And, okay, you're beautiful. And I feel like I'm really just going to, like, lay it all out here and put myself out here. But after I had my third, I started getting this. It just has to do with hormones, I believe. But I started to get weird chin hairs. Oh, my gosh. I have weird chin hairs, too. And you always notice them when you're in the pickup line or somewhere. I'm feeling my chin hair right now while we're talking. Because it's the natural light, right? Yeah. Okay. So that is one of my big things. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I have one beauty tip for women and it is keep a pair of tweezers in your car. Yes. Oh my please, gosh. I do the same thing. Please keep a pair of tweezers in your car. And that way when you are in school, like when you're parked somewhere or when you're just sitting in your car, not while you're driving, don't do that. But, um, when you are just sitting in your car, you are going to notice those chin. That's why you're going to oh notice chin hairs. Get up, girl. It is so true. And Amy, like literally, I'm stroking my chin hair as we're talking, and it's always the same spot. But that is one That's one thing I feel like the school pickup line is really great for because I feel like we spend so much of our time like back and forth with the carpool and school stuff. But I tell this to moms all the time. If you keep your makeup bag in the car, you know, in the morning while you're waiting for drop off, you do your makeup then. And if you leave your tweezers, you do that. You got to like maximize your time. It's all about like switching it up. So do you do the same thing? Cause I know you're a beauty junkie too. Do you like leave your whole routine like in the car with you? No, you're alone on that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like, I got a whole makeup bag. Am I weird? I mean, I know I'm weird, but no, yeah. I think- genius but that's where I work like I have probably six books in the car and so that is where I read but typically people will ask where I write and I write in the car pickup line or on the toilet oh my gosh I those are pretty much my two places because I I don't think to this day I've only ever written one thing on my computer I write it all on my phone it's all on the go I always have kids with me but so I work a lot when I'm in car pickup line. Oh my gosh. I actually think that's genius because you probably are inspired the most in those like little periods of calm. And that's when you have your quiet time. So why not take advantage of it? Is that where you wrote like all your pieces that have gone viral? Um, no. So I don't remember where I wrote the Chick-fil-A one. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I was breastfeeding. I was breastfeeding. Yes. One of my kids while I wrote it. Oh my gosh, that's another one in the in the nursing chair. Yes. What yeah, is it? It must sitting there. Yeah, you're sitting there. Okay, wait. Okay, we've been talking for really long, and I feel like I need to go back and reintroduce you. We already talked a little bit about this in the intro, but guys, this is Amy Weatherly, and if you can't tell, we get on a roll real quick because Amy is 
hysterical. Her writing is just so honest and open. And I'm certain you've seen a piece or two or 10 of hers floating around your Facebook feed because everybody loves your words, Amy. So I just had to get that intro in there too. Um, I know you, um, you've done so much over the past year or so. I want you to like bring us back if you could for just a second, because people kind of see you on their computer screen, but they might not know your like personal story. Can you give us like um, the Cliff's Notes version of like, who is Amy Weatherly and how'd you end up with, you know, this giant, giant page on Facebook? Yes, I'm good at keeping things short. I'm kidding. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, li- I like the words. Um, okay, Cliff Notes version. I was selling makeup. I had felt like I was supposed to be writing for years, but I just didn't want to. I don't know how else to explain. I did not want to. I had started a blog. I wrote one thing, and I hated the feeling of putting myself out there. I hated the feeling of thinking, oh, my gosh, my friends read this, and I don't want them to talk bad about me. So I, like, shut it down. So I shut it down. A couple years later, I start selling makeup with the network marketing. I'm having so much fun doing it. And I wrote this thing called You Can't Be Everybody's Chick-fil-A Sauce for that group, which was mostly made up of my friends from college, family, whatever. There, I mean, there's just a couple hundred women in there. And so I'm thinking maybe a hundred people will read this and it won't, you know, nobody's really going to read it, but whatever. I wrote it, I put it out there and it went crazy. So that thing got shared. I don't even know how many times it was, it went crazy. And so from there, I was really like, I felt like, I was Jonah and I was being thrown in the well and um, it was just kind of this, no, you're doing this. This is your calling and you can keep running away and you can keep doing it the hard way, but you're doing it. So um, it took me a a few months to really dedicate myself after that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so that's how I got started. Mine is a different, I got started in a different way. Well, I I love it because I feel like... um the most creative people and the best work comes from an authentic place. And the reason, as we we know this as writers, the reason things get picked up or go viral or get popular is generally because they they strike a chord in everyone else who is, who is reading them. So your work, and I would say this is a theme across so many of your pieces, um, just comes from this place. It, it's like we're talking to you. It's like we're talking right now of, of a sense of familiarity and just of openness. And wouldn't you say that that's like what people are craving? Like we talked a few minutes ago about not feeling like we got the whole story on on motherhood and now our generation is like flipping that on its head right we're talking about chin hairs and like sore nipples and like trouble nursing and you know poopy diapers I mean we we kind of lay it all out there you know what I mean we're kind of the opposite of of what our previous generations were so do you think that's what people are like looking for yeah I think we're in the age of authenticity and I think it comes from years of social media where people only put their best face forward and they really only shared their best and hey this is my family on vacation hey this is me and my husband on a date night eight years we love it (laughs) and I think yes I hated him later that night but I loved him for the picture exactly (laughs) like he was so mad at me for making it you can tell he's gritting his teeth in this picture (laughs) but here it is we are so in love and oh my gosh don't you want to be us um and almost you know just putting I don't know how to say it but you just it's almost like this need to impress everybody and that's kind of what we put out there and so the more people do it the more people feed off of that and 
um, finally, I think people are like, I think that made people feel alone. They needed to know that other people fought with their husband and they need to know that other people thought motherhood was hard. They need to know that other people felt like, oh my gosh, I'm 35 and friendships weren't supposed to be hard at this age. What is going on? I feel like people needed to know that they weren't alone. I agree. I agree. And you're, you, you accomplished that so beautifully. And I I feel like that's the exact same reason that I felt called to, to share stories too, because I, I feel less alone when I read your stuff. And I mean, in addition to you making, making me laugh, like almost every day with your, um, your quote memes that like always get shared like thousands of times. I also feel like you, you touch on like the more serious topics and, um, you brought up this one just now and I would love to dive deeper into it with you. Um, this, this sense of fitting in. So my impression of motherhood was that, you know, I thought, okay, I'm going to have this kid. He's going to get into the world. However he gets here, which is not how you plan it. The birth plan, totally different story. Don't have a birth plan, everybody. But um, when the baby's in the world, I'm just going to, you know, meet people and it's going to be great. And I'm going to find my little tribe right away. And I think reality was so different from what I expected because and this is something you touch on and you're writing quite a bit. Um, unfortunately, there tend to be like groups of, of moms and women and it can feel exclusionary at times. What was your experience like, especially like in the early years of the, your, first, um, your first kid of, of trying to fit in? Well, I had, so when my son was, my oldest two are very close in age. They're um, less than 16 months apart. So they're pretty close. Um, but when my oldest son was four months old, we moved to a new town and we were broke as a joke. This was my husband had been in school up until that point. And um, so we weren't like broke as a joke. People are like, well, you were going to be okay. And I was like, yes. Um, and people say they have no money. And I was like, I would have loved to have no money, but we had negative money. Oh, <laughs> we geez, had yeah. negative tons of money because school is expensive. Um, but so we've got this new job. We're broke, but we've got this four month old baby. I am so excited to move to a new town. And, um, you know, it took a while to find friends. And I, I tell people, and I'm not someone I don't do well without people. I need people in my life. And, um, I mean, I was seriously, I would talk to people where, ever I was if I saw you with a baby look out because I'm coming for you <laughs> that was so me in target <laughs> hey target. you're in the diaper aisle too store that was my go-to place like oh you buy cheese I buy cheese too. <laughs> hang out I mean it's <laughs> oh, so funny I so relate I would have done just about anything for a friend because it was hard to find and it was it was lonely um my oldest son had colic and he cried like crazy and it was, it was hard. It was hard. It was really hard. And, um, oh, I would have talked to, I, I mean, not would have, I did. I talked to anybody. Like I remember getting to the point where I told my family, I said, I'm really, I'm really easygoing and I am not a dominant personality type at all. Like I will do what I crave somebody to just tell me what to do. And so I was like, should I just make a sign and tell people that like, I'll <laughs> boss me around. Totally, I'll be your friend. <laughs> I'll, I'll totally, you can totally boss me around. I'll be your friend. <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> well, I mean, it's true. And I, I just feel like so many moms are probably out there nodding their heads in agreement because it is rare that you have a kid and you're automatically in, in a group of like-minded moms and women and a, a tribe as they call it. I mean, it took, 
years, years. I'm still like figuring out who my, who my sisters are. And you know, you, you do meet people along the way that you connect with at various points, but it is rare to have that moment where you just are just so like, you know, into someone as a friend. It just takes, it takes a long time. Do you feel like, do you feel like you've gotten there and how old are your kids again? Um, my oldest one is about to be seven. So they're seven, five and a half and two. Yeah. Do you feel like you kind of gotten there? Have you found a good group of women or, you know, cause I'm, I'm trying to like have moms I, out there sort of understand that this isn't always like a quick process. <laughs> yes. I have found an amazing group, but you know, sometimes it's hard. Uh, I was talking with someone about this the other day. And one of the things that I think makes friendships hard is sometimes we're looking for different things in friends mm -hmm. and we don't realize that it's not like you're dating somebody and you're like, Oh, so you never want to get married. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and call this off. No, you're friends, so you don't talk about this. Well, I am like a loyalist, so I want you to be my friend for life. I'm not going to get mad at you. I don't want to fight with you, but I want to be your friend forever. And um, does that sound weird? No, this is not so weird. Does it sound weird to want to marry my friend? <laughs> I always said marriages would be so much more functional with two women than they would be with a man and a woman sometimes because let's be honest the food would be on the table the house would be clean we would divide and conquer I mean it would be in a very orderly household can you imagine the compliments like the other day I was all dressed and I put my makeup on and I was feeling pretty and my husband who is so wonderful by the way and I am not I am anti throw your husband under the bus kind of person right right um right. so I hope that doesn't sound like what I'm doing but because it's just who he is. He's a, he's a dude. And <laughs> I, he like walks in and he's like, you put on makeup. And I'm like, that's just a statement of <laughs> That's objective. We need subjective. We need lavish praise here, my friend. Did he step up? Did you, did you say it? And did you get some nice words out of it? No, we started laughing. That's hysterical. That's more our MO is just to laugh. But, you know, where if that had been a woman, she would have walked and be like, oh my gosh, you put on makeup. You look I'm beautiful. Not even, not even just makeup. You contoured and you have a <laughs> color of eyeshadows. Girl, you look good. That is hysterical. Yeah, I mean, and don't you think too that like, um, and I'm on the same boat as you, by the way. Like, I feel like, let's not man bash. No. Uh, but let's acknowledge though that, and parenthood really brings this out, the sexes are so, so different. And you never realize that more until you have children and you're like, Ooh, wow, wow, we, wow. You are from Mars and yeah. but it, you, you love it because you can, you know, it's complimentary in a lot of ways, but it's true in their way of doing things, especially as parents is just really, really, it's really, really different. Than true. And the truth is that you're probably not going to marry somebody just like you because typically that doesn't go well. Right. So my husband and I, we're very much opposites, which is one of the things I love about him. He is very level. He is very steady. And I am all over the place. I mean, not even all over the place. I'm pretty much, I stay up here all the time. I'm pretty, pretty happy, pretty excited. But my dreams, he is very realistic and I have big dreams. And so I'm like, okay, so this is going to happen. And he has to go, whoa, whoa, okay, calm down. Does he support you though? Because I mean, it's hard He's to imagine. Very, yeah. That, that he couldn't see the incredible success you've had so far. He is very supportive, but it took him, well, you know what? He's always been very supportive. And I have to say, that's one of my, probably one of the reasons why I fell in love with him. 
Um, so I'd written and nobody knows this. You're this. I've never told this before, but I wrote a children's book when I was young, like in college. And I love this children's book. And I had told him, I guess, when we had just started dating, because I think I had just written it. And he was so now he's not going to lavish on the praise. That's not how he's going to support you. But what he did, he found an illustrator to illustrate it and tried to set up this meeting. And so it was such this sweet, like what a supportive person that and goes out and actually does it. And um, so sweet. And I was way too scared to ever get that book published or do much from that end, but it was just such a sweet, it's just sweet. That's right? a gesture. That is an act of love. I don't know the love languages, but I know that's one of them is like acts of service, I think. Yes. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cheyenne, our producer's nodding here. Yeah. I think, um, that's incredible. And I agree with you that relationships where the qualities are too similar, it's like two North ends of a magnet. You kind of push each other away. Um, but yeah, I, I you you end up, I feel like, with people who compliment you and who have strengths where you have weaknesses. And, um, and and again, I go back to this. Like, I feel like you don't realize that until you have kids. You don't really have to test your strengths and weaknesses in, in your relationship until you're encountered with the challenge of keeping another human being alive. And, and it's hard, right? I mean, when you look back to, like, the mom you are now versus who you were then, do you feel like your marriage and your relationship has invo- evolved too? Yes. I mean, we do a lot of the same things, but it's just, man, it's just crazy how much you change. I mean, we were, I don't know. There's just so much like we didn't have any responsibilities. Mm -hmm. I mean, we did. He was, he was still in school. So we were living off of my tiny salary. So we lived the first year of our marriage without much money. So we did stuff like, but, it, but we would do this. We, I remember, did y'all watch Dexter? No, I, I didn't I actually. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I should even admit that we, cause it's a horrible show and it's scary and people don't watch it. <laughs> it's about murder, right? <laughs> yes. He is a serial killer, okay. but he's a serial killer. He's a serial killer who kills the bad guys. Right. So you don't hate him, but also he's got some problems. Right, right, right. No, no, I'm down. I'm down for a knight in shining armor like that, even if he's like a cold-blooded killer. He's like getting rid of the bad guy. So, all right, right? right? Like you want to be our vigilante and be out there. Exactly. Um, I will never forget. We did stuff like there was one night where I guess season two or season three came out. We literally stayed up all night watching it. Like this was pre-kids. Yeah, yes. Pre-kids. Of course, that was a stupid question. Are you kidding me? Yes. Now we're like, oh, it's 11. We need to be in bed. I mean, yeah, there's no way. But yeah, pre-kids, we stayed up all night watching Dexter because we could. Yeah. Because we could. Well, we're going we're gonna to wake up tomorrow and be tired, but we're probably going to be all right. That's right. And now, like, uh, it's so funny because the same thing, we get into bed and we have our shows that we watch. And the other night we were like, you know what? We're going to shut the TV off at 930 and go to bed. And first we were like, oh, this documentary is too good. But I think we'll be happy tomorrow. We woke up the next day and we're like, that was the best night ever. And I was like, oh, oh my God, what does that say about our lives that our best night was getting, you know, a full night's of sleep? But it, it's true. Oh, we went to Vegas. Oh, I mean, this was a couple of years ago, but we went to Vegas. We And just so we don't sound totally lame, we had been in Palm Springs with our friends beforehand. But we get to, then we go to Vegas on our own. We're just going to be there for two nights. We get to Vegas, we get to our hotel room, and we're like, let's take a nap. Girl, we slept <laughs> all night long. Like, in yes. clothes. We woke up at midnight, and we were, <laughs> we looked at each other, and we were like, 
do you think we should go get something to eat? And then we decided, no, let's eat a ridiculous amount of food tomorrow, but let's just sleep through this. So we went back to sleep and we slept from probably seven o'clock. Oh my gosh. I'm so jealous. That sounds actually sounds incredible. And I feel like I would do the same thing. You have to really, you have to pick your spots when you have kids. And like, I would do the same thing if I were away from all of them for a day. It was amazing. And then the next night we went out and we went, we were like, let's get tickets to Cirque du Soleil. So we got tickets to Cirque du Soleil which everybody else loves. And I don't know if we're just not sophisticated <laughs> enough, but we also both went to sleep and start to soleil. Oh my gosh. That is incredible. Oh my gosh. Like during the show. Yes. I thought. Oh my God. <laughs> Listen, I may have, okay, this is embarrassing. And this is, this is actually a, not a story I should probably be telling because it tells how lame I am. But speaking of sleeping in places in Vegas, this just totally came into my mind. For my husband's 30th birthday, we went to Vegas. This was like right, I think this was his 30th birthday. Or maybe it was a separate trip. We were around 30. So, you know, whatever, like a light years ago. And um, we ended up at this club after hours. And it was me and my sister and her husband and, and, and Andrew and me. And um, it's literally two in the morning. And I sat down in the middle of a Vegas club and I fell asleep at, I slept. They were like, what is actually wrong with you? I was like, I'm just so, so even before kids, apparently I was pretty lame, but I can't live that down. Point, point being, listen, I get it. When you have to sleep, you have to sleep. Even if it's in the middle of a club in Vegas. I mean, you know, like that's what we laughed and we were like, well, that was an expensive nap. That's hysterical. Um, let we me ask. Started, and then we stayed up late that night. Oh, that say it. There you go. You made up for it. You were cool for a few hours. Um, we were. I, I have to touch on this again because I feel like we <clears throat> we kind of just glazed over it. But I, I love this part of your story. Um, you kind of like are one of those people who took a hard left turn. You were doing one thing and then you just stopped and you're, you're doing what you're doing now. What, what do you have to say about getting quiet and listening to that voice inside? Because my saying is... God whispers, then he screams, and I had to get screamed at, and I got screamed at before I quit my job, but what was your experience like, and what do you, what do you tell women or, or men who are out there, like, um, who are contemplating a big move, but just haven't found the, the guts to do it yet? Oh, man, it is a hard thing. So I, I, do you study the Enneagram at all? Enneagram? No, I'm like the only person. No, I did a little bit of it um, once and I stopped in the middle. What number are you? Because I'm sure everybody out, I'm going to, maybe I'll try to take the test while we're, while we're here. But what number are you? I'm a nine. Which means? Which means I am a peacemaker. I crave comfort, comfort. The mm -hmm. worst thing you could ever do to me is to present me, either make me make decisions for other people or, um, come at me with conflict. I will shut down. I don't do it. Um, like I crave comfort. So that is part of me. It's hard to really get me going and get me motivated. And I am not super confident. I'm, I am more so now, but, um, especially when it comes to writing, writing is weird to me. And I'm like, what? I'm a good writer. Like never in a million years did I think I was a good writer, except for when I was eight. Um, I thought I was pretty good when I was eight. <laughs> you were very but, prolific at that age. You are a good writer for the record. And I mean, I feel like anybody who's seen your stuff can can vouch for that. So there uh, you go. Well, I don't know. I get messages pretty often about my bad grammar. So oh, geez. That. I know I'm always like, well, you know, I wrote that in five minutes. On the so toilet. So what did you do when you were going to the bathroom today, buddy? <laughs> I was 
super productive. Yeah, listen, tell um, the you're doing well. You're doing well here. <laughs> but so I'm a nine, so I crave comfort. So anything that really gets me out of my comfort zone is hard for anybody, but it's very hard for me. Once I get put in a place, I really I want to stay there. And so I was selling makeup. I was doing well selling makeup. I was loving it. I was having so much fun and I was making really good money. And I, since my son was born, I haven't worked. And that was the first good money that I made. And it felt good. I mean, it felt good. And I loved it. So I am at this leadership retreat um, for leaders in the company. And it's probably a month and a half after the Chick-fil-A thing came out. And I sort of went back and forth and I was like, well, I don't really know what to do with this. Um, other people, you know, I feel like most people, when they start a blog, they research it and this is how you start a blog and blah, 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 blah. Well, that's not what happened for me. And so I didn't really know what I was doing. I was sort of just somebody floundering out there with one piece that had gone viral. And did that mean that I was good or did, was this just a fluke? I always looked at it as a fluke. Mm -hmm. And so I go to leadership retreat and I'm sort of like, okay, well maybe I'll just write more in my group. Because my group had grown, you know, to like uh, I don't, quite a few thousand at that point. And um, just from that one piece. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll just go back and forth and I'll still do makeup. Um, anyways, I'll go back and forth. But I'm sitting in leadership retreat. This woman is on stage talking. And I just start bawling. Oh, my gosh. Like uncontrollable. Like I just felt so heavy sitting there. I can't explain it. I've never felt like that before in my life, but I was, so, it just felt so heavy. And it was such just, God was seriously like, you're not doing this anymore. This is, you can keep doing it, but that's not what you're supposed to do. You're never going to feel fulfilled if you stay there. Cause that's not what I have for you anymore. And you got to go. So I'm sitting there bawling. I run out the door, I get to my hotel, I go back to my hotel room, I pack up all my stuff, I get in my rental car, and I start driving home, um, which was like eight hours away. And everybody's texting me, and they're, what happened? They, I'm sure everybody thought it was something very dramatic, somebody got sick, somebody died, what is going on? And I just remember telling them, I don't know, I'm just not supposed to be there anymore. And you and just so, knew, right? It was a feeling. Just knew. But it wasn't just a feeling, it was such a strong feeling and it, I knew it didn't come from me because I'd been, I was just sitting there happy. I'm mm -hmm. just sitting there happy to be at leadership retreat, hoping that I was on my way to the top of this company. Um, and all of a sudden it was just like, whoosh, you're not supposed to be here. And, um, yeah, that was pretty much it. I knew, you know, you can do more than one thing. I think we can do it all, but we can't do it all well at the same time. So and, true. Right. And so I think that was, you know, God's way of saying, like, I don't want you to dabble in two things. I really I'm going to need you to trust me and, and have some faith here. Mm -hmm. And it did. It took a lot of faith because that paid for, you know, kids are expensive and I got three of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know, sister. It's like every year they 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 get more expensive. But it's it's so uh, that story is so refreshing to me to hear, because first of all, it makes people who have had those aha moments feel um, like in good company. I have come across so many really successful people who I think have had those moments, whether or not they've chosen to act on them in that exact moment might differ, but um, it's just so comforting to hear that that's like a universal kind of experience. And, and secondly, I feel like your experience really is testament to the fact that, and uh, you know, I'm not going to get too preachy here, but um, 
I don't know how you could doubt a higher power if you've experienced that before, right? And I'm not saying everybody out there has to subscribe to the same, you know, idea of what or who God is, but um, it's just that universal feeling of some of greater purpose, right? And I love that, um, you know, no matter what someone's faith is or religion or, you know, holy book they read like that's a universal experience it's like being sort of struck by something bigger than you and I feel like that's what it sounds like you went through oh absolutely there is no doubt because that's what I'm saying those feelings did not come from me because my feelings were that I wanted to stay there my feelings were that I wanted to flourish right there you know that MLM it's funny I look back and I knew at the time that that network marketing company, which is so, it was just selling makeup. It wasn't anything huge, but I loved it. And I did at that point, like I had done some charities for people. I had given my, I'd done some, gotten to do some really cool things with it. But I thought that that was my final resting ground. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think like happened sometimes where God was like, no, that was just a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. If you want to move on, you're going to, ha- but you're going to have to leave it. And you know, that happens to how often does that happen in our life? I mean, with ex-boyfriends or different friendships or different jobs that take us to different places. And we don't want to leave that comfort zone, but when we do, we find something better. It's so you know? true. It's so true. And I, I say it's in the moments of quiet that you really, that you really get hit by that. Like, that divine feeling and your or that or that greater purpose feeling but that's the challenge though right is like finding places and it happened to you when you were being forced to sit and listen to someone else speak I, I think that's so interesting because when I, I talk a lot when I stop talking finally it's usually in the shower or right before I fall asleep those are the moments of greatest clarity and I I similarly took a, a career turn and I always talk to people about this who say, why did you do it? Or how did you decide it? Or, and I just say, the only thing that you can do is just to open yourself up to, to, to that voice. Right. Cause I do think it's in there somewhere, but we have to get quiet and we have to just let everything else fall away. And then those are the moments I feel like we get the best answers. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Oh, it's always when I'm quiet. Now I do want people to know, that like, it sounds like you and I, like I was, I was lucky enough. I had a husband who had a really good job or, you know, a good job. So if I was to stop selling makeup and I wasn't going to make that money for the month, we were still going to be fine. Right. Yeah, absolutely. My my quitting wasn't putting us in this crazy financial strain. Now we were going to lose some money every month, but it wasn't going to put us in a financial strain. So there, I do think there's a, I had a luxury Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's a giant asterisk to all of this. And that is, yes, when you have a a partner who's able to kind of like catch you as you fall, then that helps. So I, you know, I don't want to be exclusionary in this conversation, but, um, you know, because I have, you're right. I have talked to women who've said, you know, I am passionate about writing or creating or doing something in this area, but I just... Now, I, I hate when I hear people say they just like took a chance because I can't do that. And, and that is a reality, too. So we, res- you know, our respect that there is a different experience out there. But uh, there is, you know, there is always a way to kind of um, at least kind of start towing in that direction and like, you know, start writing or start doing what you love kind of on the side. Right. Yes. Uh, people, I get asked that question all the time, all the time about starting a blog. And I don't even know how to respond. I'm, I, my answer is just do it. Yeah. I don't just do it. How do I become a writer? 
if you're writing, you are a writer. You don't have to become anything. You don't have to become anything. Just don't get obsessed with needing a million people to read what you write. That's the difference. Yeah, um, and, and don't you agree that like your stuff that came from like a maybe stuff that was written in the in the quickest fashion or you know sort of off the cuff does that tend to do a little bit better because it's just so authentic? Um, typically, I mean, it's about a half and half split. Well, all of my writing is very fast. I am a fast writer. And my rule, I kind of have like a 20 minute rule, 15, 20 minute rule when it comes to writing. If I can't write it and be done with it in 15 to 20 minutes, then I set it aside. Um, because for me, it's not flowing fast enough. So I set it aside. And then if it's still on my mind and I come back to it, then that's great. And if I don't, then you know, it was a dead end, but my writing it's there, it's all done in pretty much 15 to 20 minutes. Wow. That's incredible. Um, if you were to point someone in the direction of like, what are you most proud of? What do you want people who want to become familiar with your work to like start with? Ooh, you know what? My favorite one is this one. Um, and it didn't go viral from my page. It went viral from a bigger page that shared it, but it's me. It's a picture of me. I'm wearing a black baseball cap sideways, kind of making a goofy face. And the cap says something about Nashville, which is hilarious because everybody thinks I live in Nashville. And I don't um, live in Nashville. I visited it one time and bought a hat. <laughs> and um, So everybody I get messages are like, I think you're in Nashville. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I love it there, but I'm not there. <laughs> I, I love, I mean, I really fell in love with that city, Nashville and San Diego. Those are my two favorites. Um, so I'm wearing this hat and I just talk about like, sometimes I think I'm not cool enough. That's the first, that's the opening line. Like right, right off the bat. I just let you know, this is what I'm talking about. Um, I, sometimes I think I'm not cool enough. Sometimes I wonder, sometimes I think I'm not popular enough. Sometimes I wonder why I don't fit in like other people do. Sometimes I wonder why I wasn't invited sort of that kind of thing. And then it shifts and, and says, sometimes I feel like the same 16 year old girl who can't find a place to sit at the cafeteria. But then I remember I've grown a lot since then and I've changed a lot since then. And basically, hey, I don't have to fit in anywhere. I can stand out and I can build my own table and I can invite everyone else standing on the outside who doesn't have a place to belong. I can invite them to sit there too. Um, that is by far my proudest piece um, because it was written from a lot of emotion and a lot of feelings, and that is probably my lifelong struggle, is just feeling like I don't always fit in. If I don't get invited somewhere, I am 35 years old, and it still breaks my heart to no end, and it still happens all the time. You know, it just does. That's life. It absolutely, just absolutely. And um, so it came from this, this just very vulnerable state. And I wrote it and it took me a long time to even put it on my site because I thought, oh, I don't know. Like that one is pretty vulnerable. You know exactly how I hurt in that, but how I also feel like, okay, Amy, you've, those negative voices have spoken, but now how are you going to respond to them? Are they going to get you down or are you going to stand back up? And I hope the second half of that piece makes people want to stand up. And, um, so I wrote it from my page and it did okay on my page, but then this bigger site love what matters asked to pick it up and at first I said no no I just really don't think people are going to relate to it and I think the comments are going to be too mean so no you can't have that one and they are very nice to me over there and they just said okay 
And then there was this little tug on my heart that was like, mm, do it, do it. That's why you write. You write to be vulnerable. You write to put yourself out there. Just do it. And so that little tug on my heart, and I went back to him less than five minutes, and I believe my exact words were, what the hell? Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. And today, that is the most shared piece I've ever written. And it blew me away because I never in a million years would have thought people related to that one. I mean, uh, it's it's so it's so good. I know exactly what it is because I, I follow Love What Matters. I feel like I saw it there, but I also follow your page. Um, but what a good message to get out there is that <clears throat> it's unfortunate but true, but like the, the feeling of... Um, our need to feel accepted doesn't go away just because we're out of high school or just because we're out of those traditionally structured environments that we associate that feeling with, that feeling of being excluded. It doesn't mean that that goes away. And I, I love you for it. I loved reading that I wasn't the only one. I was one of those people who related to that because I've been, I'm a little bit of a loner in a lot of ways um, in my life. So I read that and thought, gosh, well, here's someone in the state, same stage of life as me. And um, you know, with, with kids around my age, who's like living what I'm living and she feels the same way. So it's just really comforting to know that you can, you can make people feel less alone with your words. That has to be a good feeling for you. It is. And I set out the whole purpose from the very beginning is I always said, like, I want my page. I want people to, and I am very faith driven and I am not shy about it on my page whatsoever. I don't hide it. It is just right there front and center. But because again, if I'm going to be real, I'm going to be real. And that is the biggest part of my life. And if I'm going to be honest, I'm going to be honest. And I told people right from the beginning, I don't, I want no part of phony. I want no part of phony. I want no part of fake. I don't want anything curated. I don't want to write what people are telling me to write. I don't want to do what's popular. I just want to, I want to do my thing. And if it grows, it grows. And if it doesn't, that's okay. I'll, I'll reach the few people that I'm supposed to. But my end game there was not to be just super popular and all over the place. My goal was to reach one person. If I could reach one person per post. And I always said, like, I wanted my page, I wanted everybody who came to my page to know that they were welcomed and they were wanted and they were invited and they had a place. Um, because I feel like loneliness is something that I dealt with. And I think the greatest, one of the greatest things in life is typically the things that we go through and the things that we struggle with. If we'll, if we can get to a place, then those things are the things that we end up being good at. Like I'm good at finding other people who feel lonely and I'm pretty good at finding people who feel excluded and inviting them in, but it's only because I went through that myself. And so I know how to spot those people who are struggling with the same thing. And I know how to kind of love on them a little bit. Even from afar. Yeah. I, I, I would say you succeed massively at that. And, um, you know, I've said this already a couple of times, but guys, if you haven't yet followed Amy on Facebook or checked out her website, you need to, it's amyweatherly.com and you can also search her on Facebook. Um, Amy, I always like to ask this to moms on my podcast, um, just as a fun sort of roundup question. What is one or two or maybe three things, how many ever you want that surprised you most about motherhood? Oh, besides the weird chin hairs <laughs> and I am with you on that chin hairs, all the boob stuff. <laughs> no. Um, okay. About motherhood. Number one is I did not know how much you would worry. I had no idea, but you really like, there is always something after you have kids, you're always not like obsessed with thinking about them. I can definitely have conversations that aren't about my kids, 
but there's always a little bit of worry there, right? And like a little bit of, in every stage, like when they're newborns, you wonder, okay, are they eating enough? Are they healthy? You know, what's going on? And then they get a little bit older and, oh my goodness, are they nice? Are they making friends? How is school going for them? How's the playground? You kind of watch their heart get broken for the first time and, and you worry about what kind of people are they becoming? And, and there's always a little bit of worry there. And I did not, I wasn't fully expecting that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a job in and of itself, just trying to keep everyone happy and alive and well-fed. And I, I relate to that so much. Um, Amy, you are a joy, a joy. I, I feel like I could talk to you forever and ever. I know. I feel the same way. You're amazing. Um, tell us where we can, I mentioned your Facebook pages already, but like, tell us anything that you want that we, where we can follow you or maybe oh an gosh, exciting I project you're working Instagram. on. Instagram. Okay. What's your handle there? Amy Weatherly. All right. I well, and you know why? It's so funny. There is another girl with the handle, Amy Weatherly, and she sent me a message and she said, I keep getting requests for you and it's really annoying to me. <laughs> That's awesome. So what, so what can we do about it? And I, again, I don't, I knew the solution, but I don't want to be pushy. I don't want her to give up her handle. And she's just a normal person, like a private. And I was like, um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just going to be hard because that's my name and I can't <laughs> You are too sweet. So but I was like, I mean, I can't change it and I don't want you to change your name anyways. And then on her own, she was like, okay, so I just added my birthday to the end of mine. So maybe that'll make it better. So as soon as she said that, I like went and snatched it up. And oh. so now I'm just Amy Weatherly. Thank you, Amy Weatherly, other version of Amy Weatherly for doing that. Because now it makes it easier to find you. I love it. That was a big deal. It is. In this day and age, people are just so possessive. I have tried to get sunny.com for a long time. My friend, let me tell you, it is not easy to like. And I even have a weird name. I'm like, how many other? That's really weird. It's so weird. Anyway, Sunny, if you're listening, I'll pay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Amy, you are the best, best, best. And I'm taking so much away from this conversation. I'm certain that um, everybody out there who's listening is too. So thank you so much. And I will be sure to carry my tweezers with me in the car from now on. Thanks to your advice. You take anything from this podcast, (laughs) please. Remember that. Tweezers in the car are a must if you're over the age of 30. That's right. Remember, natural lighting is best for plucking, ladies. Um, Amy, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is always so fun, and I just adore you so much, and I love what you're doing, and I'm just I'm just honored that you had me. Well, likewise, and um, yeah, guys, we'll put um, all of Amy's social links on um, the podcast page of my website, too, so you can check out uh, sunnyabata.com and just click on the yep. podcast at the top. So, um, all right, Amy, I'll be following you on Facebook, and I'll be talking to you soon, girl. Thank you. Awesome. Bye. Thanks, Sunny. Bye. How fun is Amy? I I love talking to her. I I said this at the end of the interview. I probably could have talked to her for another hour at least. Um, So yeah, guys, definitely check out her page. Like we said, you can just search Amy Weatherly on Facebook or check out her blog or find her on Instagram. But um, I love it. I love a woman who is not afraid to put her story out there and um, help us all to feel a little less alone. So I hope you give her writing a shot. And um, if you don't mind, I hope you would also hop on over to the podcast app or wherever you listen to this and um, hit subscribe. That'll help to notify you when new episodes come out. And if you have a minute, I'd be super grateful if you could leave a rating and a review as well. Um, That'll help get all of these fun interviews out to more people who might relate to them or take something interesting or helpful from them. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. As always, 
If you check out my website, SunnyAbata.com, I will go ahead and put all of the uh, show notes and information about Amy and where to find her on that site. So just go to Sunny Abata, S-O-N-N-I-A-B-A-T-T-A, and click podcast at the top. And we will see you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of 30-something, and I'll talk to you guys soon.